Okay, we're rolling. It's uh, February 9th, 2023. On the prayer list, Reverend Miss Davis. Um, I didn't get an update from him. I will soon. Uh, Marcos for his son, our children, our grandchildren, Osman and his church, Marta and Charles, Sebrin, Mimi for healing. What had Mimi had happen, hon? Her shoulder? No, it was her... Oh, gallbladder. Okay, yeah, for healing from that. Good. Yvonne and Daniel and Larry. Should put Larry and Sheila Mooney on here as well. I didn't, but I'm remembering them. John and Ruby, Vassy and Linda. Bob's children, Stephanie and Michael, his other unsafe family members for salvation. Folks in Europe, our leaders, for Ted Mary. How's Ted? He's doing good. Good. Ray and Judy. Judy's uh, surgery, uh, she's getting a gallstone removed. Good. Monday. Something with ultrasound. Huh? With sound waves. I don't know. Whatever they can make the most money at, that's how they'll do it. I forgot to put the Turkey people. The country, yeah, the people in Turkey, uh, um, victims of that. Uh, Syria, mostly Turkey, though. I think there's like 10 or 12,000 people died. So far, they've confirmed 20,000 dead. 20,000. But it's going to be about double that by the time, because that's just the bodies they have. Yeah, yeah, that's um, unreal. That uh, some kid on his phone took mm-hmm. pictures of where he was, and I was told that his parents were under this rubble, and it got out, and they found out where, where the kid was, and they came in, and they rescued the parents. Good. Twenty. So far. Well, they got a lot unaccounted for it's the thing. Cool weather too, and it's hard to rescue them. Yeah. I've been talking to this guy for over six months, trying to get him to come to church. He came to church last Sunday, first time he'd been in church in sixty-six years since he was ten years old. Oh wow! He's seventy-six years old. And what church is this you're going to? Down here, first assembly. Oh, down there on Castle Road? Yeah. Okay. Well, moving along on the prayer list, yes, we're praying for Turkey and Syria, the folks that are... Can't, can't believe I didn't think of that right off. A lot of people are going to lose lose loved ones. I, it was a heartbreaking video. There's a lot of Muslims there. Mm-hmm. This fellow was just walking along. It was They had it on, uh, I, guess, I don't know if it's Facebook or one of those. He was just videoing things with his phone and just totally distraught. I couldn't hear anything. He was I couldn't understand what he was saying, but he was praying and, and he was going, Oh Allah, oh Allah, calling out to God. That's what they call God. Um, but, uh, you know, I think if someone truly has a heart for the God who made them, the Lord will lead you to Jesus Christ. He will, he will show you that direction. You know, Jesus said those... You know, who come to me, the Father sends. The Father sends them. He's a light that lights all men. Yes.
So, um, yeah, you would actually put uh, the people over in Turkey, and and a lot of them have lost, you know, lost loved ones. You're praying for, I see. Our so-called leaders, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Turkey, America, Susan Wright and family, Eric Rex, Ted, unsaved family members, our grandchildren, our nation, and the body of Christ, praying for Larry and Sheila, our friends. Is that where the United States is going to send 85 million over to Turkey now? Well, I think that would be a better use of it than all this stuff they're pouring into Ukraine because Putin is geared up to stomp them. I don't know if you saw this. You seen what he's got? Like 1,800 tanks, 500,000 troops, all this stuff. He's done playing and, you know, they're going to have to, they're they're not going to be able to beat him. I really don't believe they will. We'll see. We'll see what God allows. All right. Father God, we thank you for this assembly. We know you've heard the prayer list we do especially reach out to you for the sake of those in turkey that you might use that earthquake there and the one in syria uh, to bring people to you to bring people to the foot of the cross and to understand that you are the only way jesus is the way the truth the life no one comes to you lord god unless they come through jesus christ your son We thank you, God, for hearing our prayers. We need wisdom, Lord, especially in this age that we're in. Mm -hmm. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, I was on uh, Twitter earlier, and, uh, you know, I... You know, you get suggested, follow this person, follow that person. If your profile says you're a Christian in there, you know, it'll pop up. Well, this person's a Christian. You may want to follow them and so on. I was following this lady. I I don't know what her name was. She was using a screen name. I assume it's a lady because it's a picture of a lady for her profile. She says something, uh, you know, she says she's a Christian, all this. Um, I, I had noticed a few times that she she would not say Jesus. She was always saying Yeshua. And let me tell you straight up right now, that is a red flag. I'm not saying everyone who calls Jesus Yeshua or Yeshua or Yahshua, they, some of them even get into arguments over how the name's actually pronounced. Uh, you're probably getting into the weeds there with that person. <clears throat> um the um, post that she made was something to the effect that some of these people pretend that they're, you know, Christians or supposedly, and uh, and they think they're following the laws of Moses. And I thought that was a little strange, so I just posted, well, we can't follow the laws of Moses. It isn't possible. That's pointed out in the New Testament. Fortunately, Jesus followed these laws for us and we are saved by grace in the age of of grace this dispensation of grace 
We're not saved by keeping the law, thankfully, because we cannot keep the law. And I ended it by saying, so you can write 280 characters now on Twitter instead of 140. And if you pay for a monthly subscription, you can write 4,000 if you want to. I doubt anybody read that much. But I mean, part of the thrill of Twitter is, is brevity, you know, say something quickly. That's how Cat Turd got 1.1 or 2 million followers. He says really snarky, quippy things. And, you know, <coughs> so. Uh, Some of them are just dang good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, I said that um, this Hebrew roots thing is nothing more than a godless cult. I wondered if she was a follower of that Hebrew roots. Well, the next thing I know, somebody else posts something, pointed at me, basically saying, um, yes, Jesus kept the law and told us to do like he does. So through that, they, the guy was uh, trying to say that Jesus told us to keep the law. And that's certainly not true, and it's very evident. Most two commandments. Love your brother, yourself, love God with all your soul, all your heart, all your mind. Um, yeah, so anyway, I, I went to say something back and it was blocked. So this woman had blocked me and I got the screenshot there that you can't respond to whatever her name on the screen was and her picture there. You've been blocked. And it took me all of 90 seconds to get blocked. So I copied it. I made a screenshot and I made another Twitter post. I said, the first person on Twitter to ever block me was a fake Christian with her face there. And I don't care. You know, I, I'm not going to, you know, not say something like that. Um, if, because that certainly needs to be put out there. We, we, you know, there's times you, you should fight back, push back against, against this stuff. Uh When we get to the a couple of letters here, some kind of spider there, or mosquito or something, or a hybrid. I, I do want to read out of Acts 15, but mark that and go to Galatians. The book of Galatians, these Hebrew roots people despise. They hate this part of the Word of God. Let's see. Verse 11 of chapter 2, Galatians 2, verse 11, Paul's writing, But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. For before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles, but when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. These uh, Jewish people who were claiming Christianity. And the other Jews dissembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. But when I saw that they walked not 
uprightly according to the truth of the gospel I said unto Peter before them all if thou being a Jew livest after the manner of Gentiles and not as do the Jews why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews we who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, even we, as Jews, have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Justification is by faith, and faith alone. So as we look now back at uh, Acts 15. By the way, yeah, keep 15 there. Go to Acts 10. You know, did Peter listen to Paul there? I don't think so. And here's why I don't think Peter listened. We get into Acts here, chapter 10. Uh, look, start at verse 9. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. <clears throat> the sixth hour would have been about noon. And he became very hungry and would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth. Wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done thrice, three times, and the vessel was received up again into heaven. Um, Peter goes on to Cornelius, a Gentile family, and says, You know, we're all clean. God has made us clean, actually clean in Christ. But God used all these different animals to uh, show Peter that there's not unclean here now. Not unclean in Christ. I'm just going to read from um, 1 Timothy 4. I'm sorry I started you in Acts. We will get to Acts 15. First Timothy 4. Uh, just read verse 4. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Every creature. Now your Hebrew roots people say, well, he means every creature that was on the uh, Mosaic Law menu. There would be no reason to stay, say this then, would there? The reason for saying this here is things have changed. Paul tells you in um, 
one of the letters to the Corinthians that if you are invited to some unbeliever's house and you want to go to that dinner, um, go on and go and eat whatever is put in front of you. Eat whatever they serve to you without worrying about what it is or anything. Now, he does say, if they say, hey, this is meat sacrificed to idols, then Paul said, for their sake, don't eat it. Because they shouldn't be, you know, emboldened by saying, well, the Apostle Paul, he come eat uh, meat sacrificed to idols to us. Now, Paul says an idol's nothing. It doesn't change the quantity or the molecular structure of that food just because some pagan you know, does a little dance or whatever it is they would do and say, we sacrifice this, you know, calf here and, and we're going to eat it. It's not that. It's just that you're validating um, false belief. You're validating false doctrine or completely pagan doctrine. So, you know, they don't waste words. The, 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 the people who inspired of the Holy Spirit who wrote down all of this. Holy Spirit doesn't waste words. He wouldn't tell you that you, you know, every creature that God has made, you can eat it if you want to. It's sanctified by the Word of God and prayer. Stop worrying about it. Stop thinking, well, I can't eat this uh, snail or I can't eat this shrimp. You don't like that stuff. You don't have to eat it, but you know, don't think that God continues to expect you not to eat it. Can I ask a question real quick? <clears throat> yeah. Didn't he say something about vultures? And what? Like the carrion, the, the the things that eat the roadkill and stuff like that. Didn't he mention something like that in here about not to be eating those things? That's not in the New Testament. If it's in the Old Testament, I don't recall it. But we yeah, shouldn't. We shouldn't eat. Those birds, because the they're, they're needed to clean up the mess. You know, I would say. But um, I, I heard that it was detrimental to your health. Eating the osprey, the if, if, you, if, if all you got to eat is a, a buzzard, and you pray for it, thanking God, eat the doggone thing. You're not doing it wrong. It's sanctified by the Word of God in prayer. Everything, all creatures. Go back and look at First Timothy chapter 4 yet again. Uh, Didn't you say something about a cloven hoof to it one time, or is that in the back? That's the old, the old that's the Mosaic law. Okay. You know, um, you couldn't eat that. You know, like a pig. You couldn't eat a pig because it's got cloven hoof. You know, but you can now. You know, uh, There's so many people that are really against eating pork for some Well, if they want to not eat it, that's fine. But for them to turn around and tell everybody else you're sinning, against God by eating bacon, they don't understand the Bible. The New Testament, the New Covenant is just that. If it was the same thing as the Old Testament, there, there wouldn't be any reason to call it new, would there? It, right? It's, it's a change. Um, so, okay, here we go in Acts 15. And certain men, this is at the beginning of the chapter, and certain men which came down from Judea, taught the brethren and said, except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. I guess this is just applied to the men, but you can't be saved, they said. 
When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. And being brought on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles. And they caused great joy unto all the brethren. And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders, and they declared all things that God had done with them. But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying, now these are Pharisees who believed. They believed in Jesus Christ. You're going to have these folks out there. That's true. Maybe I shouldn't have called that lady a fake Christian. Maybe I should go remove that. <laughs> anyway, but seriously, those people are so pompous sometimes. It's, it's annoying. But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. And the apostles and elders came together for to consider of this matter. Do we still need to keep the Mosaic law? Do we still need to do this? And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up. And I think Peter has learned by now. The, the vision in Acts chapter 10 showed him what he needed to know. Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. And put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now therefore, why tempt you God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear. That verse right there is the verse to get out of this passage. Why are you trying to put these people under the Mosaic law? Why do you want to put a yoke around their necks? Our fathers couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. Why do you want to do that? Verse 11, but we believe that through the grace of of the Lord Jesus Christ. We shall be saved even as they. Grace, not the works, not the keeping of the law. Verse 12, Then all the multitude kept silence and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. So they've got witnesses to miracles that the faith of Paul and Barnabas wrought, caused to come to pass. You have that faith. They said, well, if they're causing all this to happen, they must really be legit. They must not be false teachers. Verse 13, And after they had held their peace, I'm sorry, after they had held their peace, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simeon, Peter, hath declared how God at first did 
visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. You know, uh, a friend of mine asked me the other day, well, if the Jews, if the Jews are different and everybody came from Noah's people, then why are they different? God chose even out of the, out of the Gentiles a people and set them aside, take out of them a people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophets as it is written. After this I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David, which is fallen down, and I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up, that the residue of men might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doth all these things. Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. Wherefore my sentence is that we trouble not them which from among the Gentiles are turned to God, but that we write unto them that they abstain from pollutions of idols and from fornication and from things strangled and from blood. Why? For Moses of old time hath in every city them that preach him being read in the synagogues every Sabbath day. We're going to read further here, but if you're fellowshipping with people who have been taught the Mosaic law and it causes them to stumble to see you eat bacon uh, from blood. They were taught don't, don't have blood. I mean, we don't typically do that now, but there's some old country people that make some kind of pudding out of pig blood. I do not believe I'd want that. But, you know, uh, they're saying, just don't do this. And why? The reason they're given why you don't do it is not that God forbids it. They're saying the reason you're not doing it is because you're fellowshipping with these folks that have been taught this all this time. And why should there be contentions? Because if you go to Romans 14, you know, Paul says, don't cause someone else to stumble with your freedom. If you realize that this is okay for you to do, this is okay for you to eat, this is okay for you to drink, but you're not being very loving, you're not being considerate if you do something that troubles someone else. It would be like if someone's a recovered alcoholic and you invite them over and you're sitting there drinking beer after beer in front of them. Why would you do that, right? It's interesting that there's a chainsaw going out there and it's pitch dark. <laughs> and he hasn't stopped. That's good. Oh, he just stopped now, but I mean, he's been cutting without a pause. That's a good saw. I don't know what he's cutting. Even though he needs to sharpen. <laughs> okay. So, but Moses has been taught in these cities. Read in every synagogue every Sabbath. If you're in amongst these people... Don't trouble them. You know, they, they've got a lot of stuff they've been taught prior to their receiving Christ as their Savior. And we don't just easily change old behaviors and patterns of, of, of acting. So, that happened to me with that Roman Catholic faith after being one for 43 years, you know. Yeah. There was a lot of things I 
just didn't understand. I didn't think the priest and the nuns would teach you something that wasn't right. But later well, on, they, they believe that it is right. Yeah. And I believe they're saved Catholics. But if, if uh, a person would simply set aside denominationalism altogether and just read the Word of God, you will come to the truth. You'll come to the truth by the Holy Spirit, 1 John two twenty seven. He's the only teacher you need. Yeah, and it tells us, it admonishes us not to add or take anything away from the things which are written. <coughs> well, people can... Well, look what I said earlier tonight. That guy said, well, Jesus kept the law and he told us to do like he does. Strange doctrine that dude had. Very incomplete and very incorrect. Of the law. And he did. Yeah. Uh, so that we wouldn't have to because we couldn't. Jesus kept the law because he was God. <laughs> and yeah. he's not going to violate the law. His own law. He yeah. wouldn't. That's why I say there's something about a year after the rapture of the church. I think it was Deuteronomy 24, <laughs> verse 5. He takes a year before he even goes to war. And that's what he'll do. It takes a year if you take a bride, if a man takes a bride. That's another study that's worth looking into. Some take a bride and go to war right away. <laughs> With her, right? Yeah. Okay, so verse 22, Then pleased it the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas named Barsabbas and Silas, chief men among the brethren. And they wrote letters by them after this manner, the apostles and elders and brethren, send greeting unto the brethren which are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia. For as much as we have heard that certain went out from us have troubled you, certain which went out from us have troubled you with words, subverting your souls, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment, it seemed good unto us, being assembled with one accord, to send chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, these people that want to call Jesus Yahshua. Now, as Hebrew, if they were, you know, they're going to say his name in Hebrew, it sounds something like that. The first time we ever saw the name Jesus and recorded history is in the Koine Greek in the New Testament, and it was Isus. Now, which sounds more like Isus? Jesus or Yahshua? Obviously, Jesus. That's where we get that from. So don't let anybody pigeonhole you and tell you, oh, you're blaspheming. You're calling out to Zeus. You're calling out to Zeus when you say Jesus. You're listening to a reprobate. You're listening to someone who is probably certainly uh, not converted and may never be. See, the Holy Spirit bears witness when you have the Holy Spirit in truth. You can't pretend that you have the Holy Spirit. It doesn't work like that. Verse 27, We have sent therefore Judas and Silas, who shall also tell you the same things by mouth, for it seemed good to the Holy Ghost, seemed good to the Holy Spirit, 
and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. Okay, you're not going to keep the law. Yes, you're living around a lot of these folks that um, have, were raised up in that, and it disturbs them to see you do certain things. And these are the things. That you abstain from meats offered to idols. Now, Paul did say in one of the letters to Corinthians, don't do that. Don't do it for the sake of the person who's offering it to you. Don't legitimize that meat by eating it. There's nothing wrong with that meat as far as the meat itself. The idols that they offered it to, they aren't real, they're not real entities. However, you don't legitimize um, that ritual. Abstain from that meat and from blood. Okay, don't eat blood, drink blood, don't eat bloody meat. It disturbs these folks who were raised up in the law of Moses to see that going on. Go to Romans 14. You can cause your brother to stumble by acting in certain ways, doing certain things. A lot of people truly and sincerely believe if you drink a beer, you sinned on your way to hell. You know, pick out your sweet down there because you're going. Um... No, not at all. But if they truly believe that, <coughs> at the same time truly being saved, because see, Peter, when he was teaching Judaism, he was saved, wasn't he? He was greatly in error, but he was certainly saved. Which I'm convicted for the second time. I need to take that tweet down to saying that false Christian, fake Christian blocked me. <laughs> I don't need to do that to her. Even though she did block me. So you abstain from that. And from things strangled. Part of the law. Never to see you strangling a sheep, a goat, a calf. You trouble them to the core. And this one's the most interesting one. And from fornication. Now when we think about fornication, we think, well, that's just running around, just laying down with anybody and everybody. That's fornication. And while that is fornication, the Jewish people, the Hebrew people, taught you don't take a Gentile spouse. If you're a Jewish woman, you don't marry a Gentile man. If you're a Jewish man, you don't marry a Gentile woman. That's fornication. That to them is what they call fornication. So, um, you know that King Josiah married... Um, Oh. Jezebel and Ahab you know they had a daughter he married her and man that thing really went downhill pretty quick Yeah, I didn't know that until just recently that he went way out of his circle of friends to marry somebody it was a business alliance pretty much and that's, well you know, didn't um, Samson do something similar yeah he didn't uh, Solomon do something similar many well, times I'd say out of all the wives Solomon had the odds would have to be. Some of them were not Hebrew, right? It tells us not to be unequally yoked, you know, not to marry somebody outside of faith. Yeah. Right, and you don't. But sometimes we do it not realizing that that person's not really a believer. Yeah. You know, you, you, you hope for the best, and you just need to pray and really listen to the Word of God, listen to His well, voice. people profess Christ, and they're not Christians. No, I, and I did it for a while. I know how that is. I didn't realize I wasn't a Christian. You have to actually make that 
change in your spirit. You have to let that occur. And then you see the difference. I put it this way before. All of our lives, we thought, okay, you know, when we're younger, oh, I'm in love. Come on from school or come on from wherever. I'm in love. I'm so deep in love, you know. Well, you know, you think you're in love. No, 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 you don't understand. Nobody has ever loved like I love. This is how I love. Nobody in the history of mankind can love as much as I love right now. And then when true love comes a little later in your life, you can't even remember her name, right? That's kind of like what it's like to come to Christ in truth and have yourself really be born again. But he says don't do those things. And again, the fornication, don't marry Gentile to Jew. Don't do it. Not, not in these cities, not around these folks. He didn't say it was wrong because what did we read elsewhere? Uh, in Christ, there is neither Jew nor Gentile or Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, even male or female. You're in Christ. You're in Christ. You're part of the body. You're part of one body. But as we live through this life, we can be tempted to sin. And one of the biggest ways we sin is judging other people, other believers, calling them a fake Christian because they made you mad on Twitter. Um, I'll fix that in a little bit. <laughs> She's probably not seen it now. Though. Uh, yeah, I shouldn't have acted out in anger. So when they were dismissed, this is verse 30, they came to Antioch, and when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the epistle, which when they had read, they rejoiced for the consolation. And Judas and Silas, being prophets also themselves, exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them. And after they had tarried there a space, they were let go in peace from the brethren unto the apostles. Notwithstanding, it pleased Silas to abide there still. Paul also and Barnabas continued in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determines to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from them, from Pamphylia, and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder. They went different ways and one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark, and sailed into Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. Then he went through Syria and Cilicia, confirming the churches. You know, it starts out, Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Barnabas. When we get to this one point, they're getting some extra help there. And Paul didn't want Barnabas to have John Mark because he, Mark had turned back one time. He, I guess he was probably afraid. I'm sure he was probably a very young man. Who was right? Who ended up being right? Well, Barnabas did. John Mark was the genuine article. Later we'll see Paul affirm that, but I don't see Paul say, well, I blew it, I was wrong. I'm sure he thought that way. 
But here is an apostle, a man of God, being wrong about someone else. Another person that says, I'm a believer. You know, I won't, I won't quit. I won't turn back. And I'm sure that, that he said that. I'm sure he said, I'm not going to turn back. I'm not going to give up this time. Let me go. Paul would not. And they separated him and Barnabas. And and both did great work. So this is just another example of how God can use all things to work for the good of those who love him. Paul loved him. Barnabas loved him. His other fellows that were brought along loved him. And it worked out. So... um, being in the body of Christ, one of our most needed skills has to be understanding why. Understanding why these Hebrew people couldn't stand to see you strangle an animal or eating meat sacrificed to idols. Couldn't stand that. It'd be the same thing as, you know, somebody raised up in the Church of God, um, one of these other charismatic assemblies. They believe alcohol's a sin. They've been taught that all their lives if they grew up in that church. You can prove to them by the Word of God that it's not a sin, but maybe the Lord would just rather it sit there where it is. Because maybe some people, if they found out that it was a sin or was not a sin, they might be given over to it. Maybe the Lord lets them stay there where they are. And he honors them. You know, you have in Jeremiah 35, they were the recubites. And they abstained from any kind of wine. They wouldn't drink it. And God called that an honorable thing. I remember having a conversation with Stuart about this one time. Uh, he was he was delighted to hear it. He believes you can't drink any kind of alcohol, but you know to use that passage to tell everyone. Changed his mind. All he drink now. I've seen him in a restaurant by himself with a margarita. He's fine. Yeah, I, he's I absolutely he, fine. He spoke with a fork at tongue there at one time. He used to tell me the same thing. I said, if it's a problem for you, then don't do it. Yeah. No, that's uh, it's fine. He wasn't sinning if it wasn't a sin to him. And we do learn. Goodness, don't we ever. If we're not learning, that would mean we know it all already, right? The only way that you should stop learning is if you already knew it all. And the Lord knows we don't know it all. And we, <laughs> we make mistakes. And, and good intentions. I think Peter had good intentions when he was going around telling everybody, you better quit eating that bacon. You, you know, you better you know, do this and that in accordance with the law of Moses. I think Peter had good intentions. But um, he was wrong. And so, it took him a little while to get on the right track. He didn't listen to Paul, but he did listen to God. When God lowered that sheet and said, go and kill and eat. And I've heard Hebrew roots people say, well, he, that was just an example. What God really meant was he had cleansed the Gentiles. And while that's true, God would not use a forbidden food as an example of cleansing someone if he wasn't also saying you can eat that 
pig if you want to eat that pig. They actually taste pretty good. Don't tell anybody I told you. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, it says, and it's say in the account that uh, is everything that God made is good to eat. Everything is good. So. It's sanctified <clears throat> by the word of God <clears throat> and prayer. If you want to eat roadkill possum and you're starving otherwise, sanctified by the word of God and prayer, but you got to stand on that word. You have to really believe it because if you don't, if you doubt, you're probably going to get food poisoned. Or worse. How far are we in? Uh, about 45 minutes. Would anybody like to add anything to what we've been over tonight? Or So, um, just I would say keep these things in mind. Uh, I need to do that myself. I brought an example of doing the wrong thing to the table here tonight. Told about it. And as we read through the Word of God, the Word of God being a two-edged sword, it convicted me that I did wrong. I did wrong. Uh, oh, I got on Twitter and uh, this Hebrew Roots lady, and I said Hebrew Roots is just a cult, a godless cult, and she blocked me. And I, I said, oh, that's cute. So I screenshot the thing that showed her picture, and it says you are blocked by so-and-so here. And then, I think he's, uh, he's, he's, he's very dedicated. Uh, he, you know, there's a few that, you know, the guy, uh, we used to watch some of his stuff. Uh, he was a Marine and he goes around oh, yeah. the robe over there and around Jerusalem. Uh, he's very much into the Hebrew roots and law keeping. Um, his name's escaping me at the moment. <coughs> um, I tell you what, I think a lot of people, they kind of know that they don't have Bible to force you to keep the law or to suggest that God said for you to do that. But in their lives, for whatever reason, they are more comfortable doing that. Like these people that were addressed in Acts 15 here, they're more comfortable doing that. But if they're being wise about it, they won't tell somebody else. You know, uh, that they can't do it. If you look uh, in Romans uh, 14, um, you know, it's a very pivotal chapter as far as fellowshipping with um, other believers. You know, you go out with a pastor who preaches in a church that teaches against alcohol it's a sin don't order a beer in front of him even though you know you're not doing wrong why should you cause him to stumble why should you do something that would cause him to judge you which is something he shouldn't do but you did something you shouldn't do first and and it's all in romans 14 so uh he, he'll tell you um Toward the, actually the end of the chapter. You know, I'm in 1 Corinthians 14, which is why I can't find what I was looking for. D. Now, let's see. 
verse 14 of Romans 14. Let's pick it up in 13. Verse 13 of Romans 14. Let us not therefore judge one another any more, but judge this, rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Okay, I'll go out with this pastor who teaches that alcohol is wrong and a sin. I will just put a stumbling block in front of him if I ask the waitress to bring me a beer. Then I will have sinned. And that will cause him to sin. That will cause him to judge me for doing something, drinking something that I thought was okay to do. Verse 14 says, I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him that esteem anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Paul said there's nothing unclean of itself. Eat whatever, eat the buzzard carcass. You know, if that's all you got, it'd be better than starving. Maybe, maybe it would. I don't know if I'd rather die of botulism or starvation. But if you sanctify it by the word of God in prayer, genuine prayer, sincere prayer, believing prayer, you know, you will be fine to eat that. Verse 15 says, But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, whatever you're eating, you're, you're, you're with a messianic Jew. He just came to Christ, raised up in the law of Moses. All this stuff about can't eat pigs. What'd you catch a stink bug? Yeah, those things are terrible. China bugs. But if thy brother be grieved by thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably. You're not you're not walking in love if you're eating something in front of somebody who believes that it's wrong. Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Don't cause him. Don't destroy him. And and you see what's in view there? You are destroying, you're bringing harm to your brother or your sister in Christ by taking your Christian liberty and drinking that beer or eating that bacon right in front of them knowing that they wouldn't have you do that. That they believe it's wrong. Verse 16, Let not then your good be evil spoken of. People skim that verse, but there's a lot in it. Well, what could I do to cause what I know is good to be spoken of as evil? Drink that beer or eat that bacon, lettuce, tomato sandwich in front of the wrong person. And these are not reprobates. These are not unbelievers we're talking about. We're doing it in front of believers who have a point of view different from ours. Now, who really knows the truth, though? The beginning of Romans 14, it says, Him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not to doubtful disputation. For one believeth that he may eat all things. Another who is weak eateth herbs. I would love to take your Seventh-day Adventists right there. Because most of them, if they're really immersed in that Ellen White stuff, they won't eat meat. They're vegetarians. Oh, the one weak in the faith eateth only vegetables. I had a gal on the radio one time calling for backup here when I brought her to that point. Uh, They were kind of painting the neighborhood. 
she had to call in the heavy hitters. Anyway, sweet young lady, and I just said, I'm going to give you $20 just for gas. She was raising money to go to some Ellen White college. I said, this is not for Ellen White college and getting indoctrinated that way. This is just because you're, you know, patient and decent young lady, and that's all I'm giving it to you for. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. For the kingdom of God, is verse 17, Romans 14, is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Here's another example. You have King James only believers. Now, I know a guy I'm friends with him on Facebook. He's a he's a minister. Uh, he really believes if you're in any Bible translation other than the King James, that you're got one foot on a banana peel, getting ready to slip into hell. Um, if I were to have conversation with him or be at a study table with him. Not that I anticipate that, but if it came to be, what am I going to bring my NIV Bible out in front of him? No. You know why? Because that will cause him to stumble. And I know Ray's King James only, but he stumbles anyway, so okay. <laughs> Teasing you, buddy. Same here, buddy. Brother, Which verse is it again about the vegetables and seven uh, Romans 14, uh, 14. verse uh, 2. He that believeth that he may eat all things, one does, so another who is weak eateth herbs. <laughs> yeah, who started the King James only for me? Who's that? Mother. Well, that's okay. Uh, we well, look. Lewis had this kind of, they call the Bible over there, and she'd look at that. She threw it in the floor, and she said, well, I shouldn't have done that. He might actually read the thing. Yeah. She got up, went over, picked it up, and put it back over on the, on the table there. She said, I don't know what, it, she said, that's that's right, never read that. But if Lewis said that, if that's the only one that he'll read, maybe it'll do him a little good. Well, he got saved, you know that. Yeah. He was very passionate. But at last I got Lewis a real King James Bible and he looked at it and he he, he said that I, I was right. Uh, if you're going to take all of them away from me, I'll keep the KJV because uh, the King James has been proven in use over 400 years and I compare every other translation to it. But Lewis read King James and then that's when he got off on Jim Connolly and Jim Connolly was wrong. So many things. Well, Jim used the NIV. Jim's a true believer. You know, uh, I don't think Jim, you know, they were Church of Christ, and I guess still is. I guess Jim's still around. Church of Christ believes a few strange things, like if you're not physically baptized in water, you can't be saved. They don't believe in any sort of a tribulation to come. They believe that we're in the millennial age now and it started sometime after the Romans tore down the temple in 70 AD. So somehow the millennial age has lasted almost two millennia. But, uh, you know, that's just semantics, right? Details. You know, it's interesting to ask folks that, that believe that way 
the Seventh Day Adventists believe that way too. Um, ask them what they're, what are they waiting on? The return of the Lord. What does that look like to them? They don't believe Revelation is literal in any way. They believe the Holy Ghost wasted a whole lot of ink on that one. They don't even go there. I mean, if you sit in any of these assemblies, you'll almost, if ever, you you probably never hear them. Go. They stay in the book of Acts a lot. They like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. We've been in there tonight ourselves. But they won't go in Revelation. I heard a preacher one time said, yeah, well, the fellow told me, he said, I don't like Revelation. You know, it's it's just too hard to understand. And he said, I told that brother, he said, Revelation is not hard to understand. It's just hard to believe, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's hard to believe. So, um, with that, we're coming up on an hour. We'll <coughs> close now if you guys want to. Actually, yeah. I was going to mention, it seems to me like, if you call it Hebrew roots or, or people that, <coughs> what Paul called Judaizers, it seems to me like what they're what it's not that they're dependent on that for salvation, but to keep themselves safe. Yeah. By keeping the law. Yeah. And uh, and mixing that in and then and then the next thing you know, that's the standard. Everybody's gotta do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's where they're coming from and if they're okay there that's fine, but some people are certainly not okay there. Yeah. Ron, let me have you close us tonight. Father, we thank you for this day, for the privilege of coming together in fellowship that would further our knowledge and wisdom of your word. Lord, we know you've heard our prayer request and that you will honor it. We are grateful for that. Father, thank you for Christian and Dan in opening their home for us tonight, that we can fellowship. We pray that you watch over us, keep us safe until our next meeting. In your heavenly name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Amen.